and I want to thank you for being with us today. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do this again. God is good, and all the time. If you're new with us today, my name is John. I'm blessed to serve as the pastor here, and want to thank you for being here. We would love to connect with you. There is a QR code right there in the pew in front of you. You can scan that, or there is actually just a connect card, actual physical paper connect card there in the pew. Uh, You can put that in the offering boxes or connection boxes on the way out, or I will be right in the foyer at the close of the service and would love to meet you. Also today at the close of this worship service, we have Discover Hallmark, and so if you're interested in what your next step might be and what membership looks like, we just have a quick 30-minute meeting. I don't even like to use the word meeting, gathering, just to get to know you. You can ask some questions of me and my wife. Uh, we also have Crumble Cookie. Who likes Crumble Cookie? All right. How many of you every Monday check your phone for what the new cookies of the week are? Okay. You guys are addicts too, right? Now, I check, I pretty much check every Monday to see what the new cookie is. Um, and I'm actually only looking for one cookie to show up. It's the raspberry cheesecake crumble cookie. How many of you had that one? It's been like 18 months since I've had it. They've, they have not brought it back. It must not have been that great. But like my, you know, I'm kind of strange if you don't know me yet. You'll get to know that pretty quick. But my thinking is if they don't have that one, I'm not going, okay? And so I've been waiting for 18 months. Uh, and I'd be alive if I said I haven't had one since then, but we'll move on. I want to say thank you for praying for us. Uh, is Andrew here? I don't know if Andrew, where is Andrew? Right there. Andrew, you want to wave at us? Everybody say hi, Andrew. All right. And then over here, I did see Andy. Everybody, hi, Andy. All right. Uh, the three of us, along with several other guys, uh, just spent two weeks hiking in the mountains of Colorado these pictures, 16 different 14,000 feet peaks that we climbed in nine days. And so the goal was to climb 14 14ers, hence the name 14er Challenge. But we're such great men of character and strength and overachievers. We climbed 16, not 14, right? That's what kind of men are at Hallmark, right? Yeah, you can, you can clap for them. Okay. So in full transparency, we traded out a two-peak day for a four-peak day, mainly because the four peaks were supposed to be easier than the two peaks, okay? (laughs) So I'll be honest with you. Uh, But we were not doing this just to get exercise, because I would never do that again if that was the only goal. We were uh, working with MANA worldwide and trying to raise $100,000 for an orphanage to be started in Manila, Philippines. I think to date, we're close to about $90,000 that has been raised uh, through this fundraiser. Yeah, praise the Lord. So uh, thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your your generosity. Um, And again, we we all made it safely back uh, and mostly all intact. So we're thankful for that. Um, and thank you for praying for my wife. I, I made a mistake last week. Did you guys know I made a mistake last week? I posted a picture. How many of you saw the picture of me hanging, not hanging, uh, on the side of a mountain? Anybody guys see that picture? I'm not showing that for you because it got me in so much trouble. <laughs> Have you guys ever done something and nothing was ever said, but you knew you were in trouble? 
I mean, I'm a thousand miles away, and I know that I'm in trouble. I was sitting in church last week at my brother's church in Colorado Springs, and how many of you have the Life360 app? Okay, it's the Life360 app. If you have teenagers, you need to get the Life360 app. But by the way, it just tracks them, okay? And I, so I get this notification. I'm sitting in church, and it says, Joy has arrived home. And at that moment, I knew I am in trouble because she should be at church. And I know if she's left and she's at home, there's one, only one reason. I'm a moron, okay? <laughs> and my mom is shaking her head yes. So anyways, I don't know why I'm telling you all that. I've confessed a lot today about crumble cookie. Anyways, let's move on. There's two reasons for these airline seats. You guys like these seats? Have you ever, ever sat in one? These are like first class seats, aren't they? In fact, I was playing around with it today because I just saw them for the first time this morning. And I thought I could even preach. I could have a Diet Coke too. Anybody want down a Diet Coke? Preach like this. How many of you think it should just preach from here this morning? You guys be all right with that? I don't know if it reclines. The whole thing may fall over. You guys, I told you I was a moron. Anyways, you guys ever sit in one of these seats? Like you're in there, so how many of you like to get on the plane first thing? As soon as you can get on, you get on, like you get your seat, okay? How many of you like, I'm on the last one on the plane? I have an assigned seat, it doesn't matter, right? I'm the kind that I'm sitting there and everybody, I'm looking down the aisle like, oh, I hope that person's not sitting here. <laughs> Do you guys like that? I'm also the person thinking as I walk down, they're looking at me like, oh, I hope that person's not sitting here. <laughs> and yesterday when I was flying back from Colorado, it was a three three seats, and I've got the aisle. I have to have the aisle. I get claustrophobic. There's a guy in the window, nobody in the middle seat. But everybody that comes down the aisle, I'm looking at them. Oh, they're pretty big. I hope they're not sitting next to me. <laughs> and like, it's almost like everyone's on board. And I'm like, man, this is going to be great. And then there's a skinny guy coming down there. I'm like, well, that's, that won't be too bad. You guys, are, you guys look at me judgy, but you guys do the same thing. <laughs> you know, if you see me walking down, you're like, I hope that he's not sitting. Anyways, this guy stops and he's looking and I'm like, oh yeah, I got to get up. But he looks across the aisle and says, I think you're in my seat. So the guy over on the other side at the window is in his seat. This guy makes me look like a 14-year-old little boy. He gets up, and guess where his seat is? Yeah. Anyways, it was fine. He was snoring before we even, anyways. Where was I at? I'm looking at my notes. I should have done this sooner. There's two reasons for these seats here. One is, I knew that I was getting back from this trip, and I didn't know if I would be able to stand, just to be honest with you. So I asked Jeremy, hey, I saw these on Facebook. Can you go buy these seats? The second is, this is the last sermon in our series, Final Destination. What we've been talking about in the book of Revelation is what we believe the Bible teaches us is that we're all eternal beings. Every one of us are going to spend an eternity somewhere. We will spend an eternity in a place of torment and punishment or in a place of peace in the presence of Jesus. And the goal in this series, the goal of this church, like the, 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 the mission of the church, all church should be make disciples. That's what Jesus said, go make disciples. 
The vision of our church is that we want to lead people to find and follow Jesus because what we believe is that there is going to be a day when you're going to stand before the Lord and what you, the decisions you make here will determine where you spend eternity. In fact, in Colossians, the passage that Stefan read for us this morning, that we, without Jesus, we're dead. And she specifically said to you that if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, you've never placed your faith in Jesus Christ, then your destination is going to be in a place of punishment. What we're going to see today in the end of the book of Revelation is that, that everyone is going to stand before God that has chosen not to follow Jesus at the great white throne judgment, and, and they're going to be thrown into a lake of fire. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus talks about this day. And Jesus says, and talking about the, the rapture of the church that we've been talking about, in Matthew chapter 24, he says, I'm going to come as a thief. Two men are going to be walking the field, and one's going to be left, and one's going to be taken. Two women are going to be at the mill, and one's going to be left, and one's going to be taken. He said it will be as the same as the day in Noah. And remember in, in, in the day of Noah, remember Noah was like, I'm building this ark for hundreds of years, and he's telling people, you need to repent. Judgment is coming. Rain's coming. They're like, I don't know what rain is. They don't believe him. They blaspheme him. They mock him. There come a day when, when Noah got into the ark. The Bible says that God shut the door of the ark, and it was too late. Now, I, don't, I rarely get a printed boarding pass anymore. You guys, most of the time it's on your phone, right? Uh, and yesterday, of course, I went to the kiosk yesterday, get my bag, and then they printed this boarding pass. And so I thought for a moment, you know, when you get on the plane and you're like waiting for the people to come on, you're hoping this, no one sits here so you can stretch out and do whatever you're going to do. You know, once they close the plane door, they don't let anybody on anymore, do they? I know when I'm sitting there and, and there's like two empty seats, this like the lottery, two empty seats beside you, and they say, oh, the, the, the plane doors have been shut, and you're like, oh, wow, this is going to be the most awesome flight ever. Nobody's sitting beside me. But what do you have to do, what do you have to have to get on the plane? You have one of these, right? Whether it's digital or printed, a boarding pass. Without the boarding pass, I can't get on the plane. I can't get to the destination I'm trying to get to. The same is true spiritually speaking. We are, are going to have a final destination, and we can't get into the presence of God. We can't get into heaven. We can't get, as we see today, the new heaven and the new earth, unless we have a boarding pass. And Jesus told us in John chapter 14, verse 6, what the boarding pass was. How do we get this boarding pass? Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one gets to God, no one gets to heaven, no one has a boarding pass except through Jesus. And, and my goal today, our goal as a church every day, your goal as a follower of Jesus every day should be to take as many people with you as you can. I'm afraid that many Christians are like me on a normal plane. I don't want anyone sitting next to me because I'm kind of comfortable where I'm at. It gets a little messy talking about heaven and hell and 
Jesus said he's the only way. There's not multiple ways. And, and for me to be honest with you this morning and to really to be transparent is like sometimes it's easier not to have conversations than it is to have conversations. Do you, do you guys agree with that? I was talking to a guy, um, I think it was the, the second to last day, which I think was Mountain uh, Huron, Huron Peak. A guy named Greg from Ohio. And we just, everyone was asking us, we wore, you know, shirts that had manna, 14er challenge. And so we had hundreds of conversations about what we were doing. And this guy, Greg, I was talking to him and I, uh, he said that, I said, hey, do you go to church in Ohio? I got some friends that pastors at church in Ohio. And he's like, oh, no, I, I grew up Catholic. It kind of ruined me from church. I said, well, I grew up independent Baptist. It kind of ruined me for church for a while, too. <laughs> I said, really, really, really doesn't matter what church you go to. I said, have you ever given your life to Jesus? He said, well, I mean, I, I know God. It doesn't really matter where you go to church. I said, no, you're right. It doesn't matter where you go to church. What matters is have you given your life to Jesus? And those conversations are sometimes difficult, aren't they? And so today as we, I want to give you again kind of on this theme of the airline seat here is this flyover view of Revelation. I'm thankful that last week, Pastor Haley, the Pastor Haley, right, my, my dad preached for us. Didn't he do a great job preaching for us last week? I'm thankful for him. Uh, I was blessed to uh, sit under his preaching most of my life, uh, probably, what, I guess 18 years of my life. It wasn't by choice, just to be honest with you. <laughs> but about 13 years of my life, it was, it was by by choice. Let's look at the timeline real quick, okay? I'm getting tired sitting down, so I'm going to stand up. Let's look at this timeline, and, and we're going to go through it really quickly. So here's the timeline. If you're new, uh, you can take a picture of it if you would like. If you forgot to take the picture, you deleted the picture, you can take another one. But again, you'll see in this timeline, we're not going to get into a lot of the details of it, but this is a, a pre-tribulation view of of eschatology, okay? So we believe that Jesus died, he was resurrected, he came back for 40 days, then he ascended, then the church age, which we see in Revelation chapter 1, verse 3, we saw in Revelation chapter 1 that there's a blessing. There's seven different times in the, in the book of Revelation that we, are, we see the Beatitudes, like blessed is those. And the first one was blessed are those who listen, those who hear, excuse me, those who hear, those who read, and those who obey the words in the book of Revelation. And so the church age, Revelation chapter 1 through 3. Then we see the next thing, Jesus raptures the church, and then the seven-year tribulation period, three and a half years bad, are good, three and a half years bad. The second coming of Christ, which is what Pastor Haley spoke on last week. Then the next thing that we're going to see in the study here is the thousand-year millennial reign. Then the lake of fire, the great white throne judgment. Then the good part, right? The new heaven and the new earth. And one day, God is going to make all things new. Can you say amen to that? And doesn't that excite you to think that there's going to be no more tears, no more problems, no more suffering, no more pain? Does, does that excite you? Like, I just got done walking 16 peaks, and I have this massive swell in my knee, like just to get up and down 
hurts. And uh, someone, I just turned 49 last week, uh, and somebody told me, uh, I think it was on Facebook, maybe they tell, I mean, I hear it all the time. It's like, hey, I'm going to pray for you to get strength because getting old is not easy. I'm waiting to hear what kind of comments you might have on that, right? One day, no more pain. We can all hike 14ers together with no pain. You can breathe normal. I, I know one thing, about 13,000 feet, it gets really difficult to start breathing. Right, Andy? And then you've got to climb 1,000 more feet. But one day, God's going to make all things new. Are you looking forward to that day? It gets exciting to think about it, doesn't it? But here's what I want you to know. We've said this over and over and over and over again. If what you believe about the future doesn't impact how you live today, maybe you really don't believe what you believe about the future. Because it's easy for us as church people, followers of Jesus, to say, yes, even in the end of the Revelation, what did John say? Even so come quickly, Lord Jesus. How many of you have heard that a bunch? How many of you have said that before? Wouldn't it be great if Jesus came back today? But what about the person that doesn't have this? Would it be great for them if Jesus came back today? And so shame on me as a follower of Jesus to look so excitingly for the day of the Lord and not tell as many people as I can about him. In Revelation 4, verse 1, we get a picture of, I think, the rapture. In this verse, John, remember John's writing from the island of Patmos. He's been exiled. He's a Roman prisoner because he keeps preaching the name of Jesus. What's, what's John's goal? John's goal is to tell as many people about Jesus. Say, hey, you want your boarding pass? You want to be prepared for that final day? You want to have your final destin destination be in the presence of God? And because he wouldn't stop telling people about Jesus, they tried to kill him. That didn't work, so they just sent him off to the island of Patmos, and then he gets this vision. I think, Roman, or excuse me, Revelation 4, verse 1 here, that John is the type of the church. After these things, I looked, behold, a door standing open in heaven. The first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, come up here. And I believe that's the picture of the church, the rapture. I will show you things which have take place after this. We don't see the mention of the church in the book of Revelation until chapter 22, verse 6, after all the craziness takes place, the seven years of tribulation. Now, the truth is, I may be wrong. I know that shocks you. The church may have to go through the tribulation period. I don't believe so, but it's, it's, it's possible. And if we go through the tribulation period, it is going to be a whole lot different than it is now. And therefore, to me, to have a conversation, to tell someone about Jesus Christ, I'm going to have to be willing to die for him. And I hope that I'm willing to do that. I mean, I hope I don't have to, just to be honest with you. But I may. So as we walked through, really flew over the, the book of Revelation, we saw, we unpacked pretty quickly there was three sets of seven judgments. Remember that? The seven seals, the seven trumpets, the seven bowls. And in all of these, it seemed like the judgment continued to intensify and increase. And remember what we said in all of these, that God's judgment, 
God's discipline is always to lead us to repentance. God is always pursuing a relationship with you. Okay, whether you are new to church, you've never been into church, you don't even know why you're here this morning. Here's, I'm going to give you the reason why you're here this morning. That God is pursuing you. That God loves you. That God cares for you. That God sent his son Jesus to die for you. And the reason that you are in the room this morning is because Jesus wants you to be prepared for your final destination. Because today you're going to hear, how can I give my life to Jesus? How can I be prepared to meet Jesus when I die? God loves you. And these punishments in the tribulation period are all meant to bring people to repentance. In Revelation 16, verse 9, it says, and, when, and men were scorched with great heat, and they blasphemed the name of God who has power over the plagues, and they did not repent. You see, God is always pushing us to repentance, to live in reconciliation and restoration. Verse 11 of chapter 16, they blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, and they did not repent of their deeds. 2 Peter 3, 9, here's the heart of God. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but he is long-suffering. Can you say the word long-suffering with me? Long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to, what's the word? Repentance. God is long-suffering, and I believe believe because of his mercy and grace and because he is long-suffering, He has not returned yet. The very next verse in 2 Peter 3 shifts. But the day of the Lord will come. The mercy, the grace, his long-sufferingness, one day will come to an end because he is a just, holy, righteous God. And he will judge sin. Are you ready for that day? We see in the book of Revelation three different times the mercy of God. Like just kind of in the midst of all this tribulation, in the midst of all this chaos, in the midst of all this judgment we saw in Revelation chapter 7. God sends 144,000 Jewish witnesses all over the world to proclaim Repent. You want to have your boarding pass for your final destination? Give your life to Jesus. Then we see in in the next, in Revelation chapter 11, two witnesses were sent. Many theologians believe that was Moses and Elijah. The truth is, it really doesn't matter who it is. They're sent by God to proclaim repentance. Give your life to Jesus. Revelation chapter 14, there are angels sent all over the world to proclaim the good news of the gospel. Repent, give your life to Jesus. Even in the midst of the most chaotic, we're going to see the greatest revival during this seven-year period. In fact, we see the results in Revelation chapter number 7. Revelation 7 verse 9 says, After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one can number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne, before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. What a picture. It's a picture of multitudes of people who have given their life to Jesus during this seven-year tribulation period. 
You see, God is pursuing people. He's pursuing you. Last week, we looked at the second coming of Christ, Revelation 19, 11. Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on it was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. And in that battle, he's going to throw the Antichrist and the false prophet into the lake of fire. This is going to issue in what we see on the timeline, the, the thousand-year millennial reign of Christ. And during this millennial reign, who, who will get to, to celebrate? Who will get to reign? Who will be there with him in Revelation chapter 20? It says, I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and the great chain in his hand. He, held, he laid hold of the dragon. Remember who the dragon is? Satan. The serpent of old, who is the devil, and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. He cast him in the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him. He should not deceive the nation, so more till the thousand years were finished. But after these things, he must be released for a little while, for a season. During this thousand years. You can read about this in Revelation chapter 20. I'm going to give you the, like the highlights. Walk through this very quickly this morning. In chapter 20, verses 4 through 6, it reveals to us during this millennial reign who will be present, who will be on the earth. It says the church has been raptured before the tribulation, the martyrs who died for their faith during the tribulation, and then the believers who survived the tribulation. It'll be followers of Christ. Satan will be bound, but in chapter 20, verse 7 through 10, he will be released for a season. And during this season, he will deceive many who are on the earth. And many of those who are on the earth will rise up with Satan against Christ. And there'll be another battle. Who wins the battle? Who wins the battle? Jesus wins. Can you say that? Jesus wins. Aren't you glad for that? And this time, when he wins this battle, he doesn't just throw Satan for a thousand years in the bottomless pit. Where does he throw Satan? To the lake of fire where the false prophets and the Antichrist are. Then there's going to be the great white throne judgment. And all who have rejected Christ will stand before Christ. And he will throw them also in the lake of fire for eternity. So as excited as we get about the new heaven and the new earth, that we will not be thrown in the lake of fire, that's how passionate we should be about telling as many people as we can that Jesus loves them, that he died for them, and they need to make a reservation. Chapter 21. This is where we read about the new heaven and the new earth and the, the new holy city in Jerusalem. It says that Jesus will wipe every tear away. He will rule and reign. It says there will be no need for a temple because the Lord and the Lamb will be the temple. It says there will be no need for a sun or a moon because the glory of God will illuminate the new heaven and the new earth. Isn't that something to be excited about? 
And if you're like me, you kind of sit there and try to imagine it. The Bible says what God has prepared for us is greater than we could imagine. I do know this. It'll be worth it. It'll be better than anything you could think of. We saw some amazing views this last week. It seemed like every time we took a picture, we're like, man, this picture doesn't do it justice. I don't think it will compare to what God has prepared for us. In chapter 22, three different times, verse 7, verse 12 and 13, and verse 20, you see a phrase. Revelation 22, 7, behold, I'm coming quickly. Verse 20, uh, 12 and 13, and behold, I'm coming quickly. Revelation 22, 20, he who testifies of these things says, surely I am coming quickly. And this quickly doesn't speak to when, but how. When he comes, it will be as a thief in the night. It will be quickly. And when he comes, all decisions will be final. I want you to look at Revelation 22, verse 17. Revelation 22, 17. I'll get you timed if you've got your phone out, if you're on the YouVersion Bible app, maybe you have a printed Bible. It'll be on the screen for you. It's already on the screen for you. And the Spirit and the Bride say. All right, so before we read what they say, let's make sure we know who's talking here. The Spirit is the Holy Spirit. Who is the Bride? The church. Okay, that doesn't mean Hallmark Church, right? It would include Hallmark Church, but it's, it's, it's not even about church membership. The bride is followers of Jesus, the church. Anyone who's made a decision to follow Jesus. We, talked, we sang that song, Death Was Arrested. The, the moment that death was arrested for me was in June of 1991. I was 17 years old. When I finally got my boarding pass, I'm a part of the church, the bride, the spirit, the Holy Spirit, and followers of Jesus say, what do they say? Come, let him who hears say, what's the next word? Come. Let him who thirsts, what? Come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. The water of life is the reference to Jesus, to give their life to Jesus. What is this verse saying? This verse is saying, as a follower of Jesus, my responsibility is to say what? One word, come. That I shouldn't be sitting in my seat comfortable, Looking down the aisle, thinking, oh, I hope they don't sit next to me. As a follower of Jesus, I should want this seat to be what? Full. As we say often here, the gospel came to me on the way to someone else. The problem in my life many times 
is the gospel has stopped with me. And I'm comfortable, got my tray table out, got my seatbelt buckled, and I don't want to get up for no one. And the spirit and the bride say, come. Who have you invited to join you? It goes on to say, let him who hears say, what, what is the next word? Again, let's tell people about Jesus. And let him who thirst come. There's, there's really two things I want to close with this morning. If there's not been a moment in your life when you've made a decision to get your boarding pass, what does Revelation 22, 17 say? Come. Come today and give your life to Jesus. It's very simple. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Ticket punched. I would say the majority of us in the room, you could probably think back in your, a time in your life when you made that decision. I, I mean, I think about it. It was probably 2 o'clock in the morning in Brownwood, Texas. Nasty church camp. And this guy sitting here, I, I went and woke him up. I said, hey, I need to give my life to Jesus. And he said, hey, you need to go back to bed. <laughs> he didn't. Thank God, thank God he didn't. Majority of you probably have a story you remember. Doesn't it feel good to think about it? Kind of makes me tear up sometimes. And, and, if, and if you have a story, the greatest tool that you have for God's glory is to tell your story. Invite as many people as you can to get their boarding pass.